0: Let's look at our Bible in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to read just uh, two verses here. We're going to read verse 12 and 13 of Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. It says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. We've been in the book of Philippians. We've been looking in chapter two the last several weeks. Chapter 2 begins with the mind of with the mind of Christ, talks about the type of mentality we need to have. Oh wow. I was like, who is this? Is that Aiden back there? Is that okay. <laughs> All right. That's okay, brother. Um, so the book of Philippians, again, we've been in chapter 2. Philippians is written, to, of course, to a local church, the Philippian church. And Paul is teaching us in chapter 2 to have the mind of Jesus Christ. And the mind of Christ is a selfless mind. And it's a mind that's thinking of others. And Jesus Christ himself, his life demonstrates that. He didn't think of his own comforts, but he greatly adapted himself by becoming a man and coming down here and humble himself to take care of our major issue, and that is our sin and guilt with God. And he did that for us. And that teaches us not to be so, oh, why do you inconvenience me to help you? Oh, I got to help this person. Oh, I got to serve this person. We get like that. We get these little attitudes. Jesus was never like that. He greatly inconvenienced and modified his life. And to come down and take care of our big problem, that is sin. And it's, uh, he humbled himself. We need to have the mind of Christ. Now we're told here this other thing about, it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What? Yeah, there you go. My, um, there's different types of workouts. Is anybody doing, nobody, maybe nobody wants to admit, anybody doing any kind of workout right now? I know, probably Dylan, Johnny is a little bit in a practice, some of these guys. Peggy, you're doing a workout? Water aerobics? You went like this, water aerobics. I don't know why, but my nose is really itching. I was doing fine until this moment. Right? Yeah. Um, water aerobics. Okay, anybody else doing a workout? Okay, my wife used to do, and I didn't know this until maybe halfway through the year, Tybo. Long time ago, long time ago. I didn't even know it, and there was a, she didn't want me to know it. <laughs> so being the little mommy with the uh, at the time maybe four kids when we were living in Chandler, uh, she had VHS cassettes of are they Billy Banks or something. This guy's name is, and uh, I didn't even know it. I'm like, what are these? What's these tapes here? What is this Taibo? I don't even know what that was. It's like Taekwondo boxing workout thing, you know. And she was doing that, and I found out. What? I want to see it. I bet you're pretty cute doing that. She didn't want me to see her doing that. That was the point. I'm like, at work, she's got like a few of the kids. In fact, she didn't even want the kids to know that she was doing it. She tried putting them down, and it ended up being like, Johanna got in on a little bit of it, and Michael eventually um no in fact no it was only johanna that got in on it and then after a while of johanna doing a little bit of taibo with mom which again kick and punch and whatever again i wanted to see my wife do that that'd be so cute man i missed out on that so but she did here's why honestly why she did it, it she couldn't get out of the house it was hard i'm at work you know and she wants to how can she get some exercise Well, she had to figure out something and she just has to be innovative and she did that and um uh, well, anyways, jo- Deb would do it, and apparently Johanna wanted to get in on it, you know. And then it's, my, my wife did not want any of the boys coming in and checking it out. Like, no, it's just for the girls here. So, um, but what would happen is Johanna would go back and teach Michael. Michael, you do this, you know, or you do this, you know. She's just the, the, the older sister trying to teach him. And so what happened was is that one time, my wife said she was at the store, and I remember, I don't know if it was, she was at a store, and some little kid kept, you know, bumping or pushing, or one of the other kids, like Johanna or Michael, and um, and my wife told me about it. She's like, yeah, they kept pushing her. I don't know if, again, if it was Johanna or Michael, but she said she kept put somebody kept bumping, let's just say Johanna, um, and my wife may, maybe had to say something to them, but she told me later on, she says, I wanted to tell the kid, watch out, she knows Tybo, you know, <laughs> You know, she. you might get a little punch back because she's been working out with her mom. So anyways, um, there's different types of workouts. This is what I'm talking about. There's different types of workouts. Uh, you know, people do their running and they do their their lifting and they do their uh, taibo and they do their, I don't know, all kinds. There's all kinds. This is America. You can make a lot of money on teaching a person how to use common sense and stay in shape and stuff, you know, just weird, I mean, you know. We go to people to tell me what to eat so I can lose weight, and we can't figure it out ourselves. But, anyways, but but we have all these workouts, and 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 that's good to so that we can get in shape and so that we can uh, be what we ought to be. Here, Paul refers to a workout. Look what it says here. The Bible says, "Work out your salvation." Work out. Paul says, "Wherefore," so he's talking to the church. All right, church. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, my beloved. As you've always obeyed, you've always done what I said um, in my presence, but now much more in my absence, now that I'm not away, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. Work out your salvation. Now, when I was with you, you are working out what I was teaching you and showing you. Now that I'm away, think of your salvation and work that out. There's a Christian workout we want to talk about today. Now listen, let's just talk about the, the idea of Christians being workers Because he says work, and the word here is actually, it's actually the word work out is one word. It's an amplified, have you heard of the word ergonomics? Ergonomics is a Greek word that means work. It means workonomics. This is, it comes from that word, but it has a prefix in front of it that amplifies it. It means get at it. Get doing. Put to practice this certain thing. Put to practice Christians, let me just consider as we introduce ourselves, and we need to be honest, we know the Bible. We are expected of all peoples to be fruitful. God expects you and I to be fruitful and workers. For instance, Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. There should be good works that are coming out of my life. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The Bible says that in Matthew 5.16. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9.8, Paul told the Corinthians, God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye ye as always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.10, it says that we are saved for free by grace through faith. But we are His workmanship, I mean His product, His making, His uh, custom deal, created. We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what purpose? Unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. The Bible says that in uh, Colossians 1.10, Paul prayed... For the Colossians, he said that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Not just well, I'm busy, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Am I fruitful in my life, in the works I'm doing, whether we call it secular or spiritual? Am I fruitful? Am I do I even work? Um, all right, and increasing the knowledge of God. The Bible says in Titus one, or pardon me, Titus two fourteen that Jesus gave Himself for us, that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto Himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. There's different types of Christians I've noticed in recent days. There's the lazy Christian. They profess to be saved. They don't really do much. They got their eternal life insurance, and they're good, and they're going to do what they want the rest of their life. Then there's the Christian who's the intellect the information gatherer. They like to read the books. They like to examine the theology. They like to come to the church and say that's very intriguing. And they like to read and just gather. It's all intellect. And they're great hearers of the word and not doers at all. There's that type. There's those different types. Um, there's And then there's the critic type. They say, but they want to pick, that's wrong, that's wrong, that, and they want to pick out everything and usually have blogs. And they usually do a lot on their and little everywhere, anywhere else. And, there's the, and then there's the doers, that they, they know God, they're learning of God, they know the Lord Jesus Christ, and they're still learning, but they're doing what they're learning, and they're helping people, and they're serving people, and they're not just confining themselves to their keyboards, or to their books, or to the depths of the fullness of the knowledge of the riches of the theological thoughts. They're doing something, they're actually talking to somebody about Jesus, and not talking about talking to somebody about Jesus. And they're actually washing somebody's feet, not talking about washing somebody's feet. And there's doers and there's everything else type of Christians. And the thing is, is that, do I work out my Christianity? Is my Christianity a working Christianity? Or is it a nice, like we talked about last, a few months back, show car Christianity? Paul says, work out. Here's a workout. Three things about this workout here. Uh, this is pretty plain right here in the text. What kind of workout are we talking about? that's number one how do I do this workout that's number two and why do I do this workout that's number three the Christian workout that's it right there what kind of workout is he talking about he says look at the Bible uh, work out your salvation work out your own salvation what work out my own salvation Workout. This is what kind of workout are we talking about? It's a salvation that says workout, or it's a workout that says work out your own salvation. It means exactly that. I have Jesus in me; He's my salvation. I need to work Him out. I'm working out what's already been put in. Let's talk about this working out our salvation. The assumption Paul is is dealing with is that the readers, did you hear what he just said? Work out your salvation? The assumption is that the readers already have it. And what it's saying is, live in such a way as to reflect what you are. Saved. I need to live in such a way. I am saved. I have salvation It's in Jesus in me. And I need to live in such a way so that it's worked out and it's revealed what I am. There was a, There's a the story of the, they made a film of it, The Count of Monte Cristo. And in the film, this guy was mistreated and had injustice and, and he was improperly uh, imprisoned. And he came out of prison and went and the, uh, systematically exacted re- re- vengeance on those who were his enemies and then kind of had this glorious end. It's really kind of a shadow of Jesus, really. He's been mistreated for us, and he's going to come back and he's going to exact judgment on those are his enemies but um but this guy in the story the man I can't remember his name but the character when he was um, when he got out of he was again framed put into prison he got out of prison he escaped out of prison and when he escaped out of prison he meets another criminal he meets like these pirates on this island and, and there was another criminal that was with these pirates that they they um they were going to kill and they said instead of killing them they were going to have this criminal and the main character of the story who escaped prison they were going to fight each other and whoever they would basically you know whoever died or whoever lived from the fight gets to go free and um and, and be let off well they fought together as entertainment and the guy um ends up um the the main character ends up getting the advantage over this very uh, skilled fighter with a knife and getting the advantage of him and is on top of him and has him at his mercy and could kill him. He could slit his throat. He could put him out. And he stabs the, the, the knife, I think it is, in the sand and lets him go free. And before he lets him go free, the criminal says, I'm going to be your servant for life. Because he was saved and he didn't have to save him. And the guy's like, no, you can go free. He goes, no, I'm going to be your servant. And in the movie, the guy follows him around. He follows him around. He keeps following. He's like, this guy, why? He's showing who he... He's like, he's thankful for his salvation. He's working out his salvation. I'm, I'm showing you that. I'm thankful you, you saved and spared me. He could have went his way, but he didn't. This is the idea there is work out my salvation. My life, my works should reveal that I am a redeemed person. Work out your salvation. But Okay, so here, all right, let's just, let's just give you a couple things here. How do other people take this? How do other people re- interpret this verse? Work out your salvation. Here's one of the Mormon leaders that said, um, he said, each individual carries the responsibility to work out his own salvation. And that salvation is a process of gradual development. Did you hear that? Is getting saved a process of gradual development? Maybe the maybe it feels like it, like you know, you're going to be in heaven one day. But if you trusted Jesus as your Savior, are you considered saved at that moment? Yep. Jesus said, "Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word." And believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, Moment, that moment, and shall not come into condemnation, but is, right now, right now, passed from death to life. Our Mormon friends think this; they like this verse too. Yeah. Well, it's a process of work out your salvation. It's a process of gradual development. Uh, in their third article of faith, it says, We believe that through the atonement of Christ, all mankind may be saved by obe- Wait a minute. We believe that the, through the atonement of Christ all mankind may be saved and then they add by obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel. So that's a believe and obey, believe and obey. Their book 2 Nephi 25 23 says, it is by grace that we are saved after all we can do. They're saying work out your salvation. You do the work and you get the the grace of the salvation if you do the work and you get the grace of salvation the salvation's not grace listen to the apostle paul he says if by grace then it is no more works otherwise grace is no more grace and if by works then it is no more grace. Otherwise work, there's no more work. Did you hear that? That was Paul. If, you, if I give you a gift and you put at any, if I give you a $100 gift and you say, you give me a dollar for it and I take it, you're going to think you earned it still. <laughs> It'll be a work. You contributed some part of work for it and it's really not grace for me. But if I give you a gift and you don't give me anything except maybe a thanks, and you give me nothing back, it is all of grace. And I think it's intended to increase your gratitude and exalt the giver. Not that I want to be exalted, but in God's case, by grace, are you saved? That means no work on our part. Through faith, he's already given you the ability to have faith. So when you have faith, you can still credit God with that. By grace, you're saved. Free gift, you're saved. Through faith that, not of yourselves. The salvation's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. You know why? You'd run around, brag, and boast, even if it was just a little bit. So our Mormon friends would, will agree with us on being saved by grace through faith. Ah, after all, we can do. Then it's not grace then. What does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God. This almost sounds offensive. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness? Now, then, is the reward not reckoned? I'm, I'm messing up this verse. Let me read this verse. This is a great verse. Romans 4. I'm going to read it. Abraham believed God and it was reckoned unto him for righteousness, counted to him. Now, to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned or considered or counted of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, His faith is counted for righteousness. That almost sounds offensive to me. It does sound offensive to a human being who wants to show off. It is offensive. But if a human being who's interested in letting God get all the glory for every good thing, then that's a good thing. Again, the Bible says, to him that works not, but just believes on the one who will justify pathetic lawbreakers. That type of faith is counted in God's economy for righteousness. Wow. So when we go back, why am I saying all this? Go back to Philippians chapter 2. It says, work out your salvation. We're trying to distinguish that from false views. Our Mormon friend said, "Yes, yeah, see, the Bible says work out your salvation. And we can say, but you're telling me it says work for my salvation. It didn't say that. You're telling me it says work to achieve my salvation. It didn't say that. It says, work it out. That means it's already in there. Do you have it in you? Your own salvation. Work out your own salvation. Our Jehovah's Witness friends will say the same thing. One of their statement of faith says that baptism is a requirement for Christians. It is an essential step to gaining salvation. Jehovah wants you to be His friend, but maintaining that friendship and working out your own salvation will require effort. In fact, Philippians 2.12 says, and they go on, to quote that as a prescribed, that there's a list of prescribed works that if you continually perform them, it will aid you in achieving that. All right, work out, not work for, not to get, not work to obtain. So what is the, what is this? It is again, and we'll go to the next thought. It's saying, I need to labor, have hearty, Christian labor in my life in such a way that shows that I'm a saved person it shows that I belong to somebody else it shows that I've been rescued and that brings us to the next point what is this workout it's working out your salvation Uh, how do I do it secondly (laughs) look what it says there and I have not achieved this yet I've not achieved this I have to preach something I haven't even I don't even know that I've really done it like I ought to with fear and trembling do you see that? Yeah. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, Pastor, is there a better translation for that? Uh, maybe with... Um, tr- m- maybe with. Let me see. I, I, I tried to do this. With uh, tremoring and shaking. <laughs> Was there another translation? Yeah, with afraid, being afraid and quaking. It means this. Did you see that? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. How do I... You mean I need to live and reflect my salvation in such a way as there's this aspect of fear and trembling? Yeah. What is it talking about? There's there's no other way to pretty that up. It means that. I think what it's talking about is this, and I'm trying to grasp this, and it's really, this has actually helped me. That thing right there has really helped me lately in my mind. What it's showing is, it's showing you need to realize that you are dangling over the pits of hell by a little strand. And when you trusted Jesus, he pulled you away from that. And if you realize that, you'll be like, thank you. Have you ever seen these movies, or not movies, but these uh, news accounts? Somebody got rescued. You know, the guy was stranded at sea, and a boat rescued him. And he's on the boat, and he's like, he's all, he's just, he's fear and trembling, but he's glad he's saved. You ever seen stuff like that? They're, that's the idea is like i mean um i remember one time there was a lady i was in this i was in this drive through of McDon, of a mcdonald's over by uh what it's like across from the hospital there at dobson and um, southern and i was in this drive through of this mcdonald's and i was sitting there and i um, sitting in the drive through and right next to the mcdonald's is another small side street that runs north and south and then southern goes like this so we're kind of like at a little a light a small light there and I'm sitting there waiting for my order. And so I can see the traffic that's going through there, kind of right in front of me, just maybe 30 feet. And the light, apparently, this light that was, people were heading westbound turned red, yellow then red. And a, a car had already stopped. And the next thing I know, there was this other car that goes, it stopped really fast and skid right at the end. and was like this close to the next car. It was this little bug, little, uh, 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 maybe from the early 2000s or something. This little bug, VW, and it goes, and she stopped really, really fast and skid just at the end. And, and I saw her stop. I saw the car dip down as it tried to stop. And it happened so quick. And when she did that, this is what she did. I'm over here. She stopped really fast. She goes, <laughs> and she looked right at me. She goes, <laughs> and I thought, and then it was just kind of funny, you know. It wasn't funny for her. But she was, she was kind of fear and trembling that she didn't right. get in an accident. She was spared from that. You know, The other day, there's this guy that's uh, interested in Susanna that I've been spending some time with, and I took him on a hike the other day, and <clears throat> we were out, and, and then I took him to uh, an illustrious uh, f- restaurant called Los Favoritos. And so... <laughs> And so I went over there. It was in Chandler, South Chandler, I think it was. And so we went in there and, and we got a burrito. And, and then when we were coming out, um, actually the restaurant was like this. So come out of the restaurant. There's um, uh, the road. Um, I can't even remember what road it is. but anyways, there's a little light that takes you out of this inner, uh, out of like the shopping center. The small light. So I get my clearance to to go out of the light that a green light. So we're, I'm in the big white, the church van, and I pull out and I'm gonna go like this. And as I'm pulling out, I'm looking. I look over to my left, and there's a guy in a work truck. He's driving right at me. Let me just face it this way. I'm pulling out, and there's this guy in the truck, and he's pull, he's driving. He didn't slow down at all. And I'm pulling out. And he's and he's look and he's looking at me too. I, I looked at him, and I can actually see him. He's like looking right at me. In other words, he's running this red light. And I'm like, I scooted up a little more, and he did not slow down a bit. And I got right past him, and he went right past me. And then I turned and I looked in my rearview mirror. Then he started to slow down. Like, that would, uh, didn't need to slow down now, but, you know. And I'm like, we almost got T boned. And because Cayman and I, this guy came in and we were talking. And as I, we were talking, as this all happened, I'm talking, whoa, like this. And I turned and then we started talking. Maybe they made one or two more comments and we're like, wait a minute, what this happened? Did you see that? He's like, yeah. We're like, that guy almost hit us. It was like we had to sober up to what really happened. And we paused for a minute as we are driving away, like, "Man!" And he was like, "Dude, you know <laughs> And I, I said, "Thank you, Lord." We just had to pause for a minute. I almost got T-boned, and the guy was didn't seem like he was slowing down at all. and we just had to let that set for a minute. And I think that's the concept here. <laughs> do, do you see this? We this sounds otherwise weird, like you know it's it, saying, have the mentality of Okay, look. hell is bad. It's real fire, and it's forever. And you don't have to go there. But there was a moment where you would have been going there. There was a moment you were headed there, and there was, once you have had faith in Christ, that moment's gone. When you were stranded at sea, and then you got pulled to the lifeboat. You're about to get crushed in an accident, so to speak, but Jesus saved you in that sense. It wouldn't be an accident if you went to hell. And I go, whoa, I'm saved. Jonathan Edwards preached this way much better than I could ever articulate it. And I think it was the 1700s to this country on the East Coast to a bunch of religious people. The sinners in the hands of an angry God is so politically incorrect and religiously offensive to most modern people. I mean, he was saying things like, you're dangling over like a spider on a web over hell and the, and the thread could break at any moment and people were crying in their seats wanting to be saved. I mean, he was helping people see that there was literally another life and you'll go to hell then unless you trust Christ. And I think the people that trusted Christ during that time probably went away going, oh, and had the fear and trembling in a good way that they're saved. I think that's what Paul's saying here. And I have not achieved this. I'll admit this. I have not achieved this. But I understand, at least, the gist of it. To keep in mind that reality that I just got rescued. With fear and trembling. The workout, how is with fear and trembling. And the last point is three. uh, Number three is why. Notice what the Bible says. What does this work out? It's not for your salvation, but working out your own salvation. That is, I live and work and have diligent Christian labor in such a way as to show I'm saved. Why? Number three, for it is God, look at verse 13, which worketh in you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. I should live like I'm a saved person and have a awe and a a certain fear about that. And also, it's not just that I'm living in moving about, but I also need to do it because God's also working in me, for it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. We ought to thank God, let's back up a little bit. We ought to all thank God that God worked in us in the first place to bring about salvation. He takes the first step. God, which worketh in you. Jesus talked about the Father drawing people. The Holy Spirit convicts us. I'm glad God worked in me from that standpoint of convicting me and opening my eyes, and and I had faith in Him. But even now as I'm living, God works in me both to what? To do His desires and His good pleasure. Here's what it's saying. My labor for God involves God's involvement. Whatever you're doing for God, have the mentality of his involvement because it's there. Have the attitude. Okay, God, what are we going to do today? Let me read you some scriptures. Isaiah 26:12, Thou wilt ordain peace for us, for thou also hast wrought all our works in us. Mark 16:20. The last verse in the book of Mark. And they went forth, the Christians, and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming this, the word with signs following. Listen to 1 Corinthians 3.9. We are laborers together with God. You're God's husbandry. You're God's building. We're la- isn't that a good thought? We're laborers together with God. He's with me. I like what Paul said, 1 Corinthians 15.10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, referring to the other apostles. But yeah, not I, but the grace of God which was with me. There's this dynamic of when you're saved, you work, God works, God works, you work, you work, God works, God works, you work. like 2 Corinthians 3, 4, and 5, and such trust have we through Christ to Godward, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, the next verse says, who hath also made us able, in Paul's case, ministers of the New Testament. God works in me. God works with me. Philippians 4.13, we'll get to one of these times in Philippians. I can do all things through Christ. Have you seen the t-shirt, the sports shirt says, I can do all things? Raise your hand if you've seen the shirt that says, I can do all things, and that's it. Okay, a couple guys. I can do all things, all right? Um, An honest Christian shouldn't have that. Should, Should an honest Christian wear that shirt? Yeah, if you write in the rest of the verse. Right? If I say oh, I can do all things, that's very humanistic. Very humanistic. I can do all things. All right, fine. But we should say, I I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Because it's God that works in me, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. It's a simple thing. Hey, if you do something good and it's applauded, you can say thank you, but it's to say praise the Lord, or God help me, or just do something to just deflect the person who just gave you a breath of air that moment. All right, so um, I need to work out my salvation, live in such a way it reveals it, with fear and trembling, wow, God's work for, why, God's working in me, for it's God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Paul said, Colossians 1:29, 29, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. His will, his good pleasure. So do you have a workout? Uh, some of you told me you had a literal workout. These these guys, uh, I had a high school um, wrestling coach, and he literally had the bowling pin calves. I mean, he was probably this tall. His name was Bobby Williams. He ended up being the head. He was an assistant coach at the time. He became the head coach after I graduated, and he was from ASU. He, he had these big calves, big old calves, and he was a really good wrestler too. Uh, man, look at that guy. He worked, it's probably all he does. He goes home and watches TV and goes like this, and, and before he goes to sleep, he goes like this, and when he wakes up, he goes like this, and, and he maybe I, I don't know. Hopefully, there's no steroids. I didn't think so, but man, he had big old calves. I mean, he could have just went like like that and hit me just with this cap. Ow, that hurt, you know. I don't know, but he he had he worked those things out. Some people try to work out their biceps, you know. Um So, I remember being in high school there was in our gym in our in our work in the um the uh where we did all the weightlifting, a weightlifting room. <laughs> and the wrestling team was there. And there was I told you about this. There was a mirror probably like from here to there. Big old long mirror. Like this, and probably about that tall. We are all the athletes. we doing our bench press and our pull-ups and all the other weird stuff. we were doing work in different muscles and all that. And I remember this one guy. He would go up to the mirror, and he'd grab the. He'd do some curls, and he'd start curling, and he couldn't keep his eyes off himself, man. <laughs> in fact, I remember watching him. I remember uh, I just laughed. And I'm not saying I was that buff either. I wasn't. I was just kind of a a dude in there. And uh, he goes. I remember seeing him one time. He goes, ooh. He literally. He's like, oh, look at that. Man, he impressed himself. so He didn't need a girlfriend, you know. He'd just go, hey there, lovely. You know, hey there, handsome, whatever, you know. And he just was working out those biceps. And, and now guys try to work out their abs, you know, and do your crunches and your, everything else. I do crunches. It's cinnamon toast crunch, you know. Uh, and one of my boys says, that he, doesn't, you know, they, he doesn't have a six-pack. He has a flab pack or something, you know. People trying to work out stuff like that. You, what are you doing? You're working something to reveal something. So I need to live and um, serve in such a way to reveal I'm a saved person. Look when I we went out door knocking with Grant the other day. And as I'm doing it, I'm having the mentality, I'm a saved person out here. And I want to work out my, when I talked to this, I talked to three people in particular yesterday, I talked to this one guy. I was just trying to tell him, look, I, 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 I wrestled, he had this intellectual questions and stuff. And I said, yeah, I wrestled with some of those before too. But I realized that, you know, Christ makes sense, and I gave him some kind of apologetics and stuff. But I just helped him see, look, I am saved. I know I'm going to go to heaven when I die. And I'm, I'm, re- I'm happy for it, and I'm relieved of it, and I tried to convey that to him. In that sense, I was working out my salvation and that I was revealing it and showing it to him and showing my sense of gratitude. And we need to have that. That's what Paul's saying. Work it out. Let it be evident. Let it be seen in your life. You already have it in you. Let it come out.